Breaking news, rapper Kendrick Lamar has released a deluxe version of his new album, titling it Mr. Maloon and the Big Steffers, named after the Warriors' comeback win last night. Reports of a Stan Van Gundy feature has left people confused, bewildered, and intrigued. Folks, this is Hoop Show. Hello everybody, welcome to Hoop Show once again. I am your host, Tyler Limley, and let's talk a little basketball. So, I know you can hear my computer clicking, that's very unprofessional, but it's just how things are going to be. <laughs> uh, so let's talk first and foremost, a little bit Mavs Warriors. So the last time I recorded an episode, I had there had been no games yet in this series. So I was uh, projecting a little bit. And so some of the questions I asked going in, uh, I asked, number one, my question was, how will they guard Luka uh, loading up? So there's two types of defenses mostly that are played, or that the Warriors, that I thought the Warriors would play versus them, and stuff that has worked against Luka. And that's what the Warriors do is most of the time they load up on the role players and make the star, like, just drop 70. <laughs> do something incredible, or they load up on Luka and make the role players beat him. And so, in game one, uh, the Warriors did a little bit of both, and they had lots of success in that. Um, it ended up being a blowout, and it was kind of a blowout for a while. The first the first half wasn't bad, I'm pretty sure, but um, I know it ended terribly. Or the third Of course, the third quarter Warriors came back. And destroyed all hope, but that was game one. How they defended him, they did. They did a little bit of both and a lot of a lot of success. And a lot of that is due to Kevon Looney, who we are going to talk about, Mister Maloon, <laughs> if you will, Hakeem Elijah Loon, all the others, Moses Maloon, all whatever you want to say. He had a he. We're going to talk more about him in a minute. But the second question I asked was, can Wiggins defend Luca good enough? And I thought he did a good job. I thought he did good enough. Luca is going to get points. Luca is going to put up numbers. We know this. He's one of the top 10 players in the NBA right now, probably. And in terms of offensively, if you just if you took out his defense, he's definitely he's top five in terms of offensive ability and what he can do, what he can bring to a team. Excuse me. Um, and I thought Wiggins did his job. Um, Wiggins is another player we're going to talk about in a minute as being a super role player right now for the Warriors in terms of similar to Looney, which Looney, you could argue, this had an even bigger impact than Wiggins and maybe the biggest impact on the team. That's a little, that may be being a bit of a stretch. People that are saying he's the conference finals MVP so far. He, he's had some really good games, don't get me wrong, but that's a lot of impact. Um, which he's had. He's had. I don't want to discredit him at all, but that's some. Some people are stretching that a little much. But anyway, that's not the point. Um, but Looney and Wiggins are defending Luca really well. Luca is going at Looney, and um, I was going to talk about this later, but I guess I'll talk about it now. 
Looney, or when Luca, Luca and Looney, those are names I'm going to mess up just because they sound, they start off so similar. Uh, Luca is getting Looney on switches sometimes because they're trying to go at Steph and the Warriors are playing such good team defense uh, that they're not letting him get that switch. They'll, he'll go, he'll just avoid it. And so they'll go at Looney because he's an easier guy to get a switch on to get him to switch out onto Luca or Brunson. And Looney hasn't looked bad for a guy that has maybe second to like Brooke Lopez and Boban has like the slowest feet for a center. Well, just for anyone, if it's for a center, uh, he's held up. He's done what he needed to do. He gets stops, gets rebounds. He's been incredible on the defensive side of the ball, especially because they are attacking him. They are going at him and he is meeting up to his side of the challenge. And that's incredible. Um, and so my initial question was, can Wiggins defend Luka good enough? And the answer was, yes. He is not going to stop him all the time. Luka is going to get buckets. Luka is going to do all the Luka things, hit tough turnarounds, hit uh, scoop ups, scoops, ups and unders, whatever you think of. he, Whatever he thinks of, he's not even thinking half the time. He on JJ, If you listen to J.J. Reddick's podcast, you know who he's like, yeah, I just... I, I, some of the moves I try, I don't even, I've never done them before. I just want to, I, for the first time on the NBA court, in meaningful games, I go out and try them. And that just tells you all you need to know about Luka. He's incredible. And so the third question I had about the Warriors versus Masters going in was, can the Mavs defend the Warriors guards? And in parentheses, I put, probably not. And in the first game, for the first half, they, um... They could. Steph was bad. Clay was bad. Jordan Poole, though, was the only one that was kind of an exception to the rule there. And I think it's because he's so versatile. Excuse me. He has great... His maybe... His best ability is his ability to drive. Excuse me again. My goodness. And his quickness. He is so, so super quick. So good at driving into the lane. And he has a, a great, great jump shot, so he has that threat. So let's do um, a little overview of Game 1, Mavs vs. Warriors. So, um, I said, so my little overall, what I wrote down here, Wiggins was a story and so was Looney, but Looney's more so the, game, the story of the second game. Wiggins was the absolute, in my opinion, was a, the story of the, um, the first game. He was aggressive on Luka on offense and defense, and he 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 took well specifically he took the challenge of defending him one on one when Luka wasn't going for those switches to get Steph or Looney when uh, Luka was just going one on one. Of course, Luka got you know got to where he wanted to sometimes, and other times Wiggins held his ground, made him back out of a post up pass out of it, which. If you're making someone else beat you besides Luca, you're winning. You're or you're not maybe not actually winning. You're doing what you need to do. That's a winning play. Um, and then Looney, as I mentioned before, uh, he was getting attacked, and this is game one, by the way, and he is getting attacked. And in the first game, there was some success with him guarding him, and sometimes the Mavs just uh, killed him. Sometimes they got him. Um, I 
after game two, I switched this point, but I had put that maybe needed to switch Looney out for someone that could switch a little bit better or was more athletic. And I, I put Kaminga question mark, which I'm, this is maybe why I'm not an NBA coach for many other reasons besides that, but Looney was incredible in the second game. Kaminga should not be seeing minutes over Looney at all. I think people would kill Steve Kerr. They'd ask, they'd storm Chase Center with, and want his head on a stick. They'd set it ablaze. They'd be, they'd, there would be pitchforks and tiki's and whatever you want to, well, whatever else you want to say. There'd be riots in the streets for sitting Looney over, or sitting Looney in favor of Kuminga right now. And then for the Mavs side, uh, after game one, I said Luka needed to start, is, is hitting his shots. He's doing what he does, of course. He's Luka. And the thing that really needs to change is he needs some role players to step up after game one. I said, you know, the Warriors' defense was great, obviously. They had uh, some moments where they defended the three really well after making Luka pressure and pass out of it, getting putting pressure on Luka, making him pass out. But most of the time in game one, uh, they were just missing open shots. Reggie Bullock was maybe the main case for that, which he amended for in game two, uh, at least on offense. And But in game one, he was just missing open shots. Everyone was, but to me, when I was watching the game, he was a big, he was a big culprit in that. And so some adjustments that I thought needed to happen before game two was maybe go after Steph more, which learning, le uh, watching more of the game, you learn that they're trying to go at stuff more, but they're just unable to because of how he avoids getting into those screens and getting back and how, how good a defender he has become of not being a liability, not letting himself be a liability like that. So that's, that was an adjustment I said they need to make. They try, they're trying to make it, but the, uh, the Warriors are too good at avoiding that sometimes. And that was the main, that was my main thing. Uh, I have a stat here. Uh, the Mavs role players in game one couldn't hit open shots at all. And that's not a stat. <laughs> that's the, I guess, here's the actual stat. The Mavs shot the 48 threes and 44 of them were wide open. And they only made 11. And that's not good. You're not going to win games like that. And that's kind of the MO of the Mavs is they are maybe the most three-point heavy team in the playoffs since like the 2018-2019 Rockets. That, you know, those James Harden, Chris Paul teams where it was like Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson, even though even Ryan Anderson at the end of his, the twilight of his career, and all those other guys, you know, P.J. Tucker, whoever else you want to name for them, where it was, okay, we're going to hit 25 threes or 20 threes, and we're going to win, and that's how we're going to do it. And then we have a guy. It really is kind of, they're, they're really constructed similar to those Houston Rocket teams where Luka would be the Harden and then Chris Paul, obviously better than Jalen Brunson, but that'd be the only, that'd be kind of the comp. And then they just got role players that can, that are three and D and most, some of them are mostly three and they're just going to make a lot of threes and they have a superstar that's going to do everything else. So Maybe that's why they won't win, because those Houston Rocket teams couldn't get past the Warriors. <laughs> In true, if they're really built like the Warrior or the, the Rockets teams from that time, 
then they're not winning the series. They, if they're really like that Rockets team, they're going to lose to the Warriors, just like they did. So in Game 2, um, it was a Luka takeover and a Steph takeover, uh, offensively, at least. Luka had 42, and Steph had 32, but he hit... Most of it came in the first half for Steph, but he hit a huge, huge three, the night-night three, <laughs> the one where he looked at the camera and said night-night and then put his head in his hands like that and did the sleeping motion. That was pretty fun. That was pretty great. Sent him to bed. Sent me to bed. I was tired. I was needed a nap after that game. I had to wake up and go to work. <laughs> That's besides the point. Um, so... Some of the uh, takeaways I had from that was that, of course, you cannot look at Game 2 and not mention Mr. Kavon Looney, Moses Maloon, Hakeem Elijah Loon, Mr. Maloon, and the Big Steffers. That's my general overview of Game 2. Um, Looney, I wrote here, Looney was looning. Looney looned all over this game. It was insane. Uh, Steph came back, looked like himself, looked like an incredible offensive threat. Um, a little, this is, um, Warriors fans have been saying this for a while. And if you're in those circles, you've been saying this for a long time, or at least seeing this. And it is the Damian Lee minutes. <laughs> He's not a great player. We most people know this. Most people could guess that. You'd say Damian Lee, you never heard of him, probably not good. For me who watches games, <laughs> some of you may not. Um Damian Lee's not good. And he's been getting minutes over a personal favorite of mine for many reasons. Moses Moody, who is a rookie, nineteen years old, and you could argue that Lee is a vet, he should get those minutes, but if you're going purely on basketball uh, ability here, Moses looked incredible in the minutes that he got over him. Damian Lee was a minus 12 in five minutes, which is incredible. That's like, how how are you that bad for that for such a short amount of time? You're on the court for five minutes, and you get outscored by 12 in that time. It's It's not a good look, and when Moses came in, when Moses Moody came into that game, it was not in the first half. It was not early in the third. It was late in the fourth quarter. Well, he came in and played most of the fourth quarter. But it was late in the game. It was the start of the fourth. He had got, got not got a minute up until that point. And what he did was play mistakeless basketball. Uh, made a great pass to uh, Kevin, or not Kevin, Kavon Looney. And just not mess up. It's better. It, him being a net zero, which he wasn't. He was a net positive. He was great. He added a lot offensively and defensively. But him, even if he was nothing, just he was didn't provide. He was passable on both offense and defense. He'd be better than Damian Lee. And he was so much better than that. He was not just net zero. He was impactful on both sides which was so much better, and he should be getting more minutes over Damian Lee in the first half and to close games, or close the start the fourth quarter at least. We should be, Damian Lee should be done. We should only see him in 30-point blowouts either way. Excuse me. And then, um, 
the Mavs, they made a lot of threes. And this is why I think this series could be over. It's similar to, um, I mean, everyone's comparing it to the Phoenix series right now, where, of course, the Phoenix Suns went up 2-0, looked pretty dominant in those two games. And Lucas says everyone's tough when they're up. That was after they lost uh, game five, I believe. But everyone's comparing it to that situation when I don't think it's similar to that because I think the Warriors are better. I've said it for a while that I think the Warriors could go to the finals, and they're proving that right now. I think they're probably a better team than the Suns, even though they didn't have a better record. Um, you could argue that, that they were a better team in general just because of how much they were having to incorporate at the same time, and they couldn't all gel like most of the Phoenix teams. That's besides the point. That is besides the point. Um, the Warriors are a good team, and when the Mavs, when the Mavs' success is predicated on making a bunch of threes and having a superstar go off, and as a bonus, you get thirty points from Jalen Brunson, and you still don't win, things look pretty bleak. Things look pretty bleak. Because the Mavs made 21 threes, 15 in the first half, so you could they fell apart. It was a bit of a collapse in the second half. But overall, they made 21 threes, and, Matt, and Luka had 42 points. Jalen Brunson had 30. Normally, in most situations, that is a win. But the Warriors came back on the strength of their offense, their defense, everything else on a little... And Due to the Mavericks collapsing a little bit. And they beat them. In a situation where the Mavs had everything that they wanted. Their, they fired on every cylinder they have. On every cylinder they wanted to hit. And they still couldn't win. So that's my projection is still that um, the Warriors will win this. The Mavs could pick up a game or two. It could, be, it could go to five or six. I don't think the Mavs get swept. They're too good at home. Their shooters shoot. But the shooters made shots this game, so we don't know. It could be, but I really don't think it'll be a sweep. People, Mavs players just play better at home. It's just, I mean, everyone plays better at home. It's just a fact. I don't know if it's an actual fact, but it sounds right in my head. Um, so, yeah. So, Warriors in five or six. Probably five. If the Luka, or not the Luka. I was going to say the Mavs, but I just said the Luka, which is pretty accurate. If... The Mavs don't pick it up, then they could could be sooner than five, which is kind of tough. But I suspect it'll go five. So let's talk a little bit next about the Celtics and the Heat. So last time I recorded, I had seen game one and was projecting game two. So in game one, we know what happened. It was a heat blowout in the third quarter in a game where the Celtics won all but one quarter and they lost the third quarter so bad that they lost the whole game. It was incredible. It was it one of the most strange things. The heat looked incredible. And that one quarter and everything else was the Celtics win or stalemate, which normally would mean the Celtics win, but the heat were so, so good in that third quarter. So... My projection was probably, I can't remember if I said the Celtics would win game two, but it would make sense to me that I would say that, so I'm going to say I did, that the Celtics would win game two, 
or they'd have a pretty good chance to. I probably didn't speak in absolutes. That's like Stephen A. Smith stuff is to say, without a doubt, the Celtics are winning game two. And then, you know, being wrong and then being not having any repercussions for being wrong <laughs> or receiving no backlash or any accountability for being like, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. No, he's just like, no, I said that. I said that he would win. Or I said who I said the whoever would win. But anyway, enough about Stephen A. So my questions heading into game two uh, was, well, first of all, in game two, the Celtics got Horford and Smart back. I thought at first they were just getting Horford back because he tested negative on his uh, COVID test. So he got to come back early. And then I didn't know about Smart because yeah, it was one of those foot, it was an injury thing. Not just a COVID thing, so you never know how long an injury could last. Um, but they got them both back, same time. And so that was a big, that was a big, 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 I can't stress it enough how big it was, addition for the Celtics, getting both of those guys back. So some of my questions heading into that game, will um, the Celtics survive the minutes they have to play Pritchard? Which, I didn't know Smart was coming back when I wrote this, so I said, due to not playing Derek White or Marcus Smart, so I thought Peyton Pritchard was probably going to start. Which didn't happen, because Marcus Smart was there, and they got to play him a lot of minutes, and they did not have to worry about those switches, because Pritchard didn't have to play a lot. And he didn't have as nearly as big a game as he did in uh, Game 1. Um, and then my second question was, will Gabe Vincent continue being serviceable? Eh, he was okay. He was... About average. He was not the 15 points that we saw in game one. Or the the timely shot making either. We didn't get either of those versions of Gabe Vincent. Which kind of needed that. But not he's not the most important thing. The most important thing was my third question was. Will Bam be aggressive? <laughs> if you're wondering why I'm taking such a pause there. It's because of how frustrated I am. Because the big answer to that. The million dollar answer to the a billion dollar question was no. No, he will not be aggressive. Now, if you're wondering when I'm recording this, I am recording this during the current game, which I have not had a chance to watch. The current Heat and Celtics game, which I should probably be watching, but I really wanted to get another episode out. And when I last checked the box score, he had like 16 and a half times. So maybe he is being more aggressive. Maybe he's making the personal adjustment. Yeah, when I'm checking this right now at the end of the third, which is a 15-point heat lead, 87-72, Bam has 23, 7 and 6, and 4 steals. 11 of, he took a 3, I don't know, maybe that had to have been at the end of the shot clock or something. But he's 11 of 17, 1 of 1, so he's just getting buckets. No, no no, free throws either, but just one free throw. So, without watch, doing some box score watching, doing some <laughs> egregious egregious stuff here of not even watching the game, just watching the box score. Hopefully I can get this episode wrapped up and watch the fourth quarter and then look wrong in my <laughs> when I post this. Um, and I can get some, get some analysis on it for the next pod, next episode. But... In games one and two, Bam was trash. Oh, the Heat also got Kyle Lowry back, I'm pretty sure. Right? Yeah, he's back. He's back. So that probably helped Bam out a lot. That was the thing that was people were saying was um, Bam needed to be more aggressive. 
But one of the things was that when Kyle Lowry played, he got uh, Bam a lot of opportunities. And so getting Kyle Lowry back without watching the game, of course, I don't know if that's how true that is, but it would make sense. It would make sense. But emphasize in games one and two, Bam was not aggressive. He was a role player. And when Jimmy Butler is your main guy and Tyler Hero is not, he was, in game two, he was not super aggressive. Not, no, it's not that he wasn't aggressive. It's that he wasn't making as many shots. He wasn't doing as much. He wasn't a 20 points per game Tyler Hero, six men of the year. When you really need Bam to be the mismatch nightmare that he is, that he's quicker than uh, taller centers, taller, slower centers, so he can get to the basket around them, and that he's just bigger than any smaller center, then he should be able to do so much. Not just be like a screen and um, a hub of offense from like just a passing standpoint. Because he can do so much more than just pass. Or be a hub of like, you know, wing screen setting and all that stuff. He can do stuff on his own too. And in games 1 and 2, he did not. Which was the main reason, one of the main reasons to me. Besides the Celtics hitting every single shot they took. Was one of the main reasons that he lost game 2. I ended up not um, watching the end of game two, so because it started to become a blowout, I had work in the morning. I was not gonna, <laughs> I was not going to ruin my uh, morning by watching a blowout, hoping that uh, maybe something would happen. Because when I left, it was like Jimmy had just hit like a layup with an and one. And I was like, okay, should I stay? Should I at least watch to the end of the quarter? And it was a great decision I made, but I was like, no, I'll just be wrong. I'll just, I'd rather just take an L. And I didn't. I was right. Tyler's right. I proved myself right. Good for me. And so, one of the, th the last things that I uh, saw from this game was that the Smart and Horford back, the defense was incredible. Smart had a great game offensively and defensively. Uh, Smart was the main re having Smart back, not having to play Peyton Pritchard as much, being able to play Smart so many minutes. His playmaking was incredible. He didn't make a lot of shots. His, his overall like shot making wasn't good, but his uh, shot facilitating was really really good. The Celtics really missed that a guy that's going to drive, who's going to kick out, and someone that can initiate some of the offense. Where you're not trying to make Jason Tatum a point guard or a point forward, I should say where he can just be a scorer, a guy that shoots, a guy that catches it off ball and does some cool stuff, not a guy that's like, okay, I got to get this guy involved. Smart is that guy. Excuse me. So projecting game three, I said, the Celtics probably won't shoot that percentage again from three, but you at home, I always say this, shooters shoot better at home, so you have a good chance to replicate at least some version of it or the same exact version. Um, and then I said for the Heat defending that they must get out to the shooters and live with the, your contested ones. And I don't know, I have, you know, I think the Heat, I don't know how often they do this, but I think they should really try to use Bam as like how the, uh, Jazz use Gobert, but it's even better than the Jazz's defense because the Jazz don't have anybody that can defend the wing beside Royce O'Neal or any perimeter defenders. The Heat have some incredible perimeter defenders, so you don't have to funnel them in all like to Bam all the time. 
But when you do, when they do get past you or when they do pump fake on a three, make Bam Rudy Gobert. Make him, yeah, he's not as tall, his arms aren't as long, but he's more athletic. He can play, he can do a, a form of that. I mean, he was fourth in defensive player of the year voting. He should be able to become, you, your defense should be predicated on on stopping the initial perimeter and making them do something out there that they're not comfortable with. And if they do get past you, make Bam Rudy Gobert. Make him get blocks, make him get stops at the rim, or stop them from getting all the way to the rim. It, he Bam has to be a lot better. And from the looks of it, he has been in Game 3. That which, let's do a little live update here. With 10.55 left in the fourth quarter, is 89-73 Miami. So, we will see. I will probably watch into that game real quick after I talk about one last thing, which was the all-rookie teams came out. This isn't that important. I just... It was some news, and I want to talk about it real quick. Uh, the all-rookie teams came out. It was Cade Cunningham. For first team, it was Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, and Franz Wagner. Va- which I don't have any issue with. Um, every, the four, well, four out of the five people I have absolutely no issue with. They have to be there. If there was, if the, any of those guys were left off, um, I'd have a serious issue with the list. But Jalen Green is the one guy I have maybe a slight issue with, but I don't mind it because he did average 18 points per game, and his efficiency really increased at the end of the year, and his scoring increased, and he had a big streak at the end that really kind of set the stage for a good sophomore year, which I hope he can build upon. And I think he will with the right draft pick this year around him. That can take some more pressure off. Praying they get Paolo or Jabari if you're a Houston fan. If they get Chet, uh, you're screwed. Uh, Watch the first episode if you want more thoughts on that. Um, (laughs) But, um... And then... Who I would replace him with, personally, I would go either Josh Giddy or Herb Jones. Now, I watched Herb Jones at Alabama. I love Herb Jones. Herb Jones is, was a super dynamic, super great defender. And you could argue that he was better than Jalen Green. His team won games. He was much better defensively. I mean, Herb Jones is better than most people defensively. It's just a fact. And... Certainly better than one of the worst uh, defenders in the draft, uh, Jalen Green, which you could argue. And I would probably, between Josh Giddey and Herb Jones, who I would put, who I would replace uh, with Jalen Green, or replace either one of those guys over Jalen Green, I'd probably lean Herb Jones just because Josh Giddey, he was good, don't get me wrong. He's got incredible upside for the Thunder, that whole Thunder team does. Uh, but Josh Giddy missed a good amount of games, and Herb Jones made the playoffs, man. Herb Jones, not on Herb. Not on Herb. Hashtag was what the Pelicans, hashtag not on Herb. Pelicans, Pelicans fans know what's up. So, let's see. Let's do one last little live analysis analyst. That's not the right word. Let's analyze the box score one last time for this game. So right now, with 9.34 left in the fourth quarter, it is 89.75 Miami. Jimmy Butler, I'm going to assume he got hurt because he only played 19 minutes and didn't have a great 
didn't have a big game. So I'm going to assume he, like, twist. I'm going to hope that he only twisted his ankle or something. And P.J. Tucker, he's having a good game. 11 points, 6 rebounds. Solid P.J. stuff. Bam, the Bam aggression factor is all the way up right now. Maybe because maybe when Jimmy got hurt, Bam was like, I'm that guy now. And he's becoming that guy. He needs Maybe Jimmy needs to, like, sprain his ankle one more time <laughs> so they can get another game at home next game. Or steal another game from the Celtics on the road. But Bam has 25, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists, 4 steals, 12 of 18 from the floor. He's having a fantastic game. Highest plus minus on the team right now. Kyle Lowry, he's having an okay game. 20 points, or not 20 points. <laughs> That'd be a great game right now for him. 20 minutes, um, 10 points, 4 assists, 3 steals. They're giving lots of minutes to Gabe Vincent. Uh, Gabe Vincent is not really producing this game. Now's the perfect time to... I, I scrapped this one because this is going to be my other intro joke. I was going to be go. <clears throat> Breaking news. Gabe Vincent gets John Morant haircut, instantly starts t ominously tweeting, and losing playoff games. That was going to be my other... That was going to be... I had to scrap that one because... I didn't think this other joke was better. I thought that Gabe Vincent joke was better. But the heat, the the moment was about the Warriors. We, we're no, one, no one last night saw the the Kevon Looney game and was like, oh, let's talk about the heat again. They want they want to hear about they want to hear about Looney, Mr. Maloon and the big staffers. Um so yeah, Gabe Vincent sucks right now. He's doing his John Morant. There you go. John, he's doing his he's doing his bad. One of four, one of two from the field, three points, two turnovers, two fouls, not great. Tyler Hero's really struggling. Four of fifteen. Duncan Robinson got some minutes. Hey, hey now. He's doing he's doing what I do, but for ninety million dollars, he's making he's podcasting for ninety mil and to sit on a bench. And his podcast is pretty great too. Victor Oladipo. 11, that's, that's another guy I was, I was kind of wondering about, Vic. Victor Oladipo has not been that great, and they're not giving him that many minutes, 11 minutes, one of two. I suspect his minutes will probably start going down, and it looks like they might replace him with some Duncan Robinson minutes, maybe. maybe I don't know if that's the exact um, switch that happened in-game, but maybe, we'll see. We shall see. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Hoop Show. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Follow follow the pod on Spotify. And I hope everyone has a fantastic day. All right? Peace out, everybody. <laughs>